Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today we have Chang Shen from Otter.ai. Chang, it's really nice to have you. Yeah, so my name is Chantan, and I've been with Autodai for the last three and a half years, and I lead the growth and the marketing here. And from the last three years, that uh, we have been seeing really strong growth from tens of thousands of users to over 10 million users. And wow. uh, yeah, and we are going to continue to grow at a really exciting pace. That's really cool. So Otter is an amazing product. We actually use it. For those less familiar with what it is, tell us a little bit about what Otter is and what you guys are doing. Yeah, we help people to take meeting notes. So you can imagine that you are your beginning and personal assistant that you can bring with you to every single one of your meetings. And we'll be writing down all the meeting notes for you and generate meeting summary. And so you don't have to be distracted and you don't have to think about it. Very cool. And tell me a bit about what marketing looks like for you guys. Who are you targeting from you know ideal customer profile standpoint? And what kind of marketing stuff do you have going on? Yeah, so the marketing that we are in a very unique position, well, uh, we have a very broad targeting. You can think about everyone who attends meeting, that including students, including everyone who have a job, that also including journalists. So we target almost every single one of the prosumers plus students. Very cool. Well, what sorts of programs do you have going on? I think I've been in your marketing funnel. I think I've, I've seen some of the ads and all this, but what different functions are you working on from a marketing standpoint? Yeah, for the function perspective, I would say majority of growth is driven by organic, meaning that you can think about if you are the author user and you bring your author assistant onto one of the meetings, and all the meeting attendees will see it, and a lot of them, they'll be curious about the meeting notes. So a lot of our growth is actually coming from our users using our product. We're also partnering with different conference organizers to help them to distribute the content. And we also have a really strong PR team. And we just started to scale a paid acquisition as well. Nice. Very cool. So let's hop into today's topic, which is data-driven growth. Obviously, data is a big topic for a lot of SaaS companies out there, a lot of marketers. I'd love to hear how you have grown Otter's product using data and how you approach marketing from a data-driven perspective? Yeah, so for the data-driven growth and marketing, I think it's more mentality. So it's not only about use data to understand our users and not using data to design a marketing campaign, to test out different messaging, different targeting. We also use data to our day-to-day operations and to make it more efficient and also to align the team. So for example, that we have brainstorms every quarter and after the brainstorms, we are actually using an RI approach to determine which project that we should focus on. So all the right now, we're still a very lean team. That means that we do need to stay hyper-focused and only working on the most efficient things. So in addition to use all the two things about the marketing programs, we are also using data in our day-to-day operations as well. Nice. So one of the things you mentioned is, I can't remember the exact number, but obviously a lower amount of users. Now you have like millions. Tell us about that journey of what that has looked like. Some of the challenges that you've experienced and some of the strategies you've taken to grow that product to millions of users. 
Yeah, majority of the users are grown through the organic channels. When I first joined the company, we are a free product, meaning that we don't earn money. That also means that we don't we don't have tons of money to spend into marketing. So we really trying to think about how we can tap into the product to turn our users into advocates and to drive growth with our active users. So we're looking into our user journey to think about where users interact with the other users and how we can bring more help and how we can add more values in the whole user journey. So people would be willing to share our products and also how we can be more visible in the user journey for the other media attendees. So for example, that if I invited my auto assistant here, then you will be able to see auto assistant as the third meeting attendee. And also we started to think about how auto assistant can be more proactive in terms of sharing meeting notes. And also we have been partnering with different conference organizers, with different influencers like you to think about how we can use a product to bring more value to you. So we organize public groups for different conferences and we turn the content into our domain content as well. So we have been really trying to think about what are the unique value that we can provide to the users, to our partners, to really help her to drive growth. Yeah, I love that. I love the concept of sharing too. I know when we started using Otter, my first thing I did was share the transcript with someone else on my team who, you know, she looked at it. I think that's an amazing strategy. I can think back to the early days of even Dropbox of I think they heavily utilize that strategy of sharing. And I think you got extra storage space and all this. How big of a component has that been for your growth? Do you see when someone shares it, then that leads to other user signups? And has that been a big piece of growing it for you guys? Yeah, so in terms of sharing that, we actually, so we have a referral program to help people to to share our app when they don't have a content to share. But a lot of sharing are coming from the content sharing, actually. So when people generate a meeting notes, by nature, they will want to share their notes. And when we partner with the different conference organizers like TechCrunch, that all the meeting attendees that they will have access to the conference content. And many of the conference content that they, they, are, they are very rich and they're also unique. So the conference attendees that they would like to share those as well. Totally. So for the other marketers out there listening that have a product or SaaS product they're trying to grow, they're trying to use data to grow it. Can you walk us through how exactly you go about doing that? I imagine if I had to guess, you might look at like, What's the customer journey? When do people drop off? When do they refer others? All that kind of stuff. How are you going about doing that? What systems, tools, platforms, processes are you using to track all that and take a very strategic approach to growth? Yeah, I think the first step is to gather data to do an audit of your system. Looking from a high level acquisition, engagement, and conversion to see where is the biggest drop-off and also align that with the company goal? Because not all companies are about generating revenue. For some early stage companies, they can also be more just as to grow the active users number. And from there, then we can think about which step and which funnel we want to focus first. And when we have a focus, then, then we can think about different, different tactics, meaning that what are the tools that we want to use to track user behavior and how that the tool that we want to use for different experiments. 
depending on the user stages and also the company stages, for early companies that they might even they might not have a data team. So the growth team can sometimes be even turned into the data team. And for bigger companies, we'll have more leverage to different resources. And with some of the infrastructures, we should be able to brainstorm ideas to start experiments. And my biggest learning is that we don't need to have everything before we can start experiment. And one of my favorite tactics is actually called the fake door test. So if you have some ideas, and sometimes it involves engineering infrastructure change, and it might just require too much effort from the whole team. But instead to implement actual feature or to implement actual change, we can start by just a push notification. We can start by just an in-app message, just to test how would the user respond to it. If we see really strong interest, then we can start to think about to, to actually build MVP and, and then to, to really think about how we can actually implement the change. I love that. That really enables the growth team to be nimble and to iterate fast. So you don't have to wait until the whole thing is built and engineered and all this. You can test it right away and see, is this going to work or is it not? Yeah. So we can gauge the user's initial interest. I love that. So how much of your time is spent thinking about customer retention and keeping the current customer base active versus finding new customers? Do you have a balance of your time there? Or do you spend more time on one versus the other? Yeah, that balance is quite dynamic, meaning that at different stages, we have a different balance. So for example, when we first started that, we have very small amount of users and they are all early adopters. So they have a really strong engagement and retention is almost not an issue at all. So at the very beginning of the time, the majority of focus is on how we can acquire more users. And when we scale acquisition, and that means that we need to gradually expand outside of just the core set of users. We will need to start to acquire less interested users and the lower intended users. And for those users that they might not be actively looking for our solution and they will need more user education to be activated. And when we started to scale and started to reach millions of users, then we started to see some of the cohort of users that really showing lower retention comparing to some other higher intended users. So that's when we started to think about we need to look more into retention and also need to think about how we can personalize the user journey and how we can provide different educational material and provide different treatment for different use cases users and for different intended level users as well. I love that. So that as the company goes to different stages, you focus on different things. And kind of just to iterate that, obviously you've mentioned some of this, but what are some of those things that you did in the early stages versus some of the things now that you're doing in the later stages? And what's the contrast to the difference? Maybe you could highlight a few of those things. Yeah, the things I did at the early stages are more hacky. When I first joined, well, when I first joined the company, so I joined as the first growth and marketing person. I came from Microsoft, but at the beginning of Microsoft, I went for joined, I'm only by myself. And we don't have all the infrastructure that we need. We need to set up the email service. We need to set up our social media accounts. So when we first get started, that a lot of things they were hacky. So for example, we do a lot of data tracking in Google Sheet. But now that we started to build a team and we have millions of users, the data cannot live in the Google Sheet anymore. So we really started to think about to building infrastructure and to building a more scalable process. Totally. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what advice do you have for other marketers out there when it comes to data-driven growth, growing your product, all that stuff? 
what are key takeaways people should remember? Yeah, so I know that the data-driven growth and data-driven marketing has been a really hot topic. And I think it's special for me that I'm an engineer trying to grow Spipa. And at my early stages that I was trying to just use data to help me to make every single one of the decisions. But recently, I actually realized that data can't tell all the stories, especially when we think about users. So users, they are the actual people and they're not just numbers. And when we look at a lot of our user data is that most of the time they can tell us what happened. So they can tell us that we have a percentage of users that didn't continue with the user funnel, but they can't really tell us why. So in order to really understand our users, in order to really connect with our users, we still need to go to talk to the users and talk to users in a more hard way, trying to really understand their life, trying to really understand their work, and really trying to understand how our product can bring value to them. Totally. Well, thank you so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Anytime. This is fun. Yeah.